0: Podcast. podcast 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 Are we saying podcast?
1: Welcome back. Welcome back to Fanboys and filthy Casual back at you once again. As usual, this is Dennis. This is Louis, and this is Harold. Today we are so excited because we are once again um, you know, basking in the glory of one of our, the, the best uh, guest stars we have in the show, um, please introduce the ever-marvelous, magnificent, superb, glorious, sublime, lovely, delightful, amazing, amazeballs, maybe? We'll <laughs> uh, Kirja. Welcome, Kirja.
2: Hi, guys. Thank you so much for that great introduction. I mean, thank you. That means a lot.
1: I mean, you know it you deserve it because you uh, keep on uh, you know it's like a masochistic in a lot of ways. you still keep on coming back
2: you know, I love being here, I love you guys um,
1: I, we're glad to uh, today Harold has an interesting um topic for us today uh so interesting that we're not even gonna do any poopoe or anything so um Harold, why don't you start us off and uh take us to whatever journey you are taking us to today um
3: a year ago, we did a retrospective on the year 1999. At the time, it was uh, the 20-year well, the 20-year anniversary of a lot of things that came out in 1999, and we had made the the um, observation or the, I had given the observation that a lot of the best things apparently come in years of five, like separated by years of five. So in 1999, there were some great things. Um, uh, 10 years before that, 1989, which is a topic that one of these days we'll go into. um, There was also a lot of awesome things that happened. But for this uh, particular episode, we're going with five years before that, which was the year 1994. Um, 1994, lots of crazy things happened then and um, so many different aspects of pop culture kind of originated in those years. So, Great movies that came out, a lot of the awesome music, television shows, and like cl- uh, current events and political events that happened in that year. So what we're gonna do here is we're basically going to do our time machine, go, go back and remember the things that happened in 1994. What we remembered, what we loved most about that year, and uh, you know, kind of um, if we have a little bit of personal stories on why
1: exactly we loved the moments that happened. So who wants to start? But do you have to press the time machine in order for us to go back?
2: Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh,
3: if it's a DeLorean, the only person here that drives stick is me. Excuse me, oh, no, sorry.
0: <laughs> no, no, Lewis, uh
3: Drive
1: so... stick well. Drive oh, stick well. Okay.
0: Whatever. <laughs>
3: Uh, not yes. ruins the clutch in two months.
0: Excuse me. I drove
4: that Jetta. Speaking of 1994, I, I drove a 95 Jetta for 20 years. Yeah, and then, <laughs> until it finally died like two summers ago.
1: It was it was moaning and crying. Kill me, and, kill. Oh. me. Like
0: I'd Actually, never seen. It, it, it
3: was a Jetta, so
1: kill me now.
3: <laughs> Do it. I've never <laughs> I've never seen uh, the Flintstones live action. Actually, work where you just have a hole at the bottom of the car, and Lewis just runs. Mm -hmm. So, props to the Jetta car makers, and and props to Lewis for knowing how to put the car neutral. So, yes, good
4: for you, bro. That's how I save my gas and brakes.
3: So, yeah, let's
4: let's go back to the year nineteen ninety four before we keep going back into my the history of my cars um so yeah 94 good lord that's uh, th- th- when you got when you brought up this topic dude i loved it uh actually kind of holds a lot of uh, uh quick a- anecdote time uh this is actually so 94 i, I didn't come to this country here you know there should be a bell like dennis said every time we talk about coming from the philippines 94 would have actually been my first full year of being here um in the great america so you know my family and i came in 93 94 comes around, and I'm thinking, yeah, this is great. My first full year, I have, like, a lot of experience in my belt. That first horrible year in middle school is out of the way. Like, this is just me smooth sailing from here, and then 94 happens. And as much as the wonderful pop culture happened uh, uh, that year, there's a lot of, like, WTF is going on in America that happened as well. So uh, fun times, you know, per- to be perfectly honest. And uh, I'm glad you brought it up because – this will be a time machine for a lot of our listeners, hopefully, and uh, a, a nice bit of reminiscing for the four of us uh, on today's podcast. And let's uh, let's get, jump right into it. So, like, um, actually, uh, Courage, if you don't mind, we're going to put you in the spot here since you are sure. our wonderful guest and you're yes. awesome enough to say yes. You'll record with us. Well, why don't you let's get us do started? It. Give us uh, give us something that happened back in '94 that you'd love to talk about.
2: Um, I'm I'm going to start with music. Um, I think '94 was for me. Um, kind of like a transitional year. I I, I grew up listening to, you know, whatever was on the radio, like, you know, at the time it was like Michael Jackson and, you know, just like pop music before that. And then 94 happened. And I think maybe I was watching a lot of MTV and then I was watching a lot of Alternative Nation on MTV. And And I think that really opened my eyes to other Types of music and specifically alternative music. So for me, '94 was that awakening. Um, I actually went to Lollapalooza, 1994, and the headlining bands were the Smashing Pumpkins, Ooh. the Beastie Boys, Ooh. Tribe Called Quest, wow, uh, the Breeders, and then that was the main stage. And then the 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 second stage, um, the far side was there stereo lab was there cypress hill was there um i don't know if you guys maybe harold knows. they were there so it was it's one of my i get so excited just talking about it because i was in my teens and i went with a bunch of kids who were older than me so i i felt like i was i was cool. I felt so cool. I was hanging out with older kids. I was, you know, I was seeing all these bands that were very, you know, influential and bands, bands that I still listen to, to this day. So, um, yeah, I wanted, I just wanted to throw Lollapalooza 1994 out there. It's lineup was great. I think the Beastie Boys are also there. Um, so it was a great eye-opening concert for me. And, uh, yeah, something that I won't, Ever, ever, ever forget.
4: That's awesome. Um, I hate to be a bit of a downer, but <laughs> you know, that's a killer main stage. But yeah. then, unfortunately, in this day and age, like, what? Unfortunately, like, a fifth of those bands, unfortunately, past on,
2: on. Oh, sure, <laughs> these,
4: yeah. Uh, these So that's a, that, oh, that would have yeah. been a great show to, to see in, in their heyday.
2: Um, yeah, and this was back before, like, Coachella. I think this was one of the first music festivals you know, so it was. It was kind of like I felt like part of history. Even even back then, I was like, "This, this is big. This is bigger than I could ever imagine."
3: Did uh, I know Dennis is going to ask a question, but uh, I'll just jump in for a second. Jane's addiction play, obviously.
2: I don't know if they played because they played the first couple of years, of course, because it's Perry Farrell. But if they did, I didn't see them. I I read that. That was the year Nirvana was supposed to headline, but then but then we lost yeah. Kurt Cobain, so yeah. that same year so
0: yeah
2: um i don't I don't think Jane's addiction performed
1: okay um I wanted to jump in there because you know me, I'm not really that into music um uh, I'm not that well versed with it, but it's funny when when we say nineteen ninety four um you know you're talking about songs. Um, you know, I don't think of like all those bands that you're talking about. For 1994, the the two the, the big band that I, I got to know really, really intimately was uh, All for One. Um, I did not Yes,
0: you. Yes. Yes, I to so. do that.
1: You <laughs> bastard! I knew you were gonna do that.
3: That was
2: on Harold's list. That I was think.
3: totally on my list because. It, <laughs> I mean,
1: ah, what yes. you have? You have. Of I course. swear, is so and so much in love. Like so much in love was the one that got like. I remember listening to that. I was like, "What is this song?" Because um, you know, for those people who might not know, I I like I I always claim that. I'm lost in time in terms of like um of music because um i when I moved here, even though I moved here in the early nineties, I never got to listen to like rap or anything like that so um anything like with like Tupac and all those people that everybody talks about I, I have no idea but so I was listening to like you know nineteen forties nineteen sixties music or from the Philippines, mm-hmm. and so when I started listening to the radio and I heard like you know um so much in love, I was like, wait a minute that's that's like doop but in modern times, and um, <laughs>
2: in then, modern times,
1: in modern and, and you know Harold and Lewis can attest to it. Ever since then, that's been like you know um, uh, in my my we- my wheelhouse. So like my kids, every single time when I when I when I give tests, um, they're not allowed to bring in their own music. I'll play music, so I'll be playing like "All for One" and like uh, um, "Boys to Men" just like irritate the crap out of them. So. Um, for me, um, best thing in music during that time, 1994, uh, the rise of, like, the uh, like the, those bands right there. Um,
3: I have to agree. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm into it. No, I, I just want to do a quick aside for Dennis. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, do you remember, I don't know, even if everybody else besides Dennis, but there was another group that made a cover of So Much In Love before All For One did. And their the name of their group was very, not very close, but it's close enough that I was confused why there was two versions of the same exact song done in almost the exact same way, a cappella version, because the original was in like the 50s. But another group a few months before made a cover. And the name of the group, and if you look it up on YouTube, I think it still exists, but the name of the group is called All Females Desire, AFD. So the first time my, my cousin was like, hey, there's this group called... A-F-O that does uh, so much in love I was like no 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 dude that's, that's AFD and he showed me the video I was like that's <laughs> different group, group disappeared and then next thing you know we had I swear and then that just you know blew the minds off of everybody else I know that's a cover too and that's the running joke about awful one was they did nothing but great covers of <laughs> other people's songs like David Foster songs but like um yeah that was actually one of the things that bonded me and Dennis was our love for all for
0: one.
3: Aww. I'm man. happy to
1: take the thunder away from you, Harold.
3: <laughs> no problem. Uh, people can hear the disdain in my voice because <laughs> I really was like, I don't think anyone's going to use... Uh, I forgot. <laughs> you forgot who
1: you're
0: dealing yeah.
1: with. I forgot it was
0: Dennis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the only music genre I know... <laughs> All for one.
2: It's is, is that is, one group? Is,
1: is there a just, genre to, to themselves? just go to karaoke song. <laughs> um, Harold, I don't know if you remember, but there's I still have a CD somewhere of like actually it's in Dan's um, like uh, car, and it's like just um, every single time we do like a long drive and we're using um, Dan's car, um, it's it's a uh, it's just a, a bunch of like songs like uh, Backstreet Boy, uh, uh, um, All for One. Um, you know, all those people, all those like styles of songs, like, like Casey and Jojo. So um, it's, it's still there. It's still alive.
0: That's it's awesome. Hear, man.
1: Uh, but so sp-
4: speaking of that, you know, we're, we're going to stick to this genre. So I'm glad you, you started off with music, but um, I got to go with the biggest album of that year, at least for me personally. Uh, like I said, um, that was the first full year I spent in America. Uh my formative preteen years, and of course, the song that ruins romance, the the album that either ruined romance or or painted a, an impossible picture, also came out that year. Um, I'm talking about Boys to Men's two. So we're talking Unbended knees and all the classic slow jams of these <coughs> dudes singing in the rain, making it think, making uh, making little fobs like myself thinking I can do this. I too can get that girl. <laughs> If I wear, you know, khaki shorts and Yeah. Was that was
1: that? I said you two can make love to you. Yes. <laughs>
4: So, it was such a, like, that was such a, uh, for me, again, uh, totally an iconic CD, uh, album, CD, however you want to call it. Because I, I, I still remember, like, almost step by step, how often, like, this came into my life. Like, I still remember the afternoon that my brother and I pulled our allowance to go to, I think it was a Sam Goody at the Burbank <coughs> Mall. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, so we got to get the CD, we got the CD, we treated it like like treasure, like we would not let it uh, out of our sight if we, we pulled it out of the CD case slowly to put it in our CD player, um, you know, and, and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, it, one of the like, I don't know, I, I, I don't know, I don't have a lot of uh, goat you know, albums or at least slow jam albums, R&B albums, but this has got to be one of those. Um, you know, unfortunately, I don't think Voice of Men ever reached that peak ever again, since then, but what a peak. You know, the, I think both uh, on Bend and Knees and, um, and I'll Make Love to You, like, we're number one, you know, for most of that year that year. So, yeah, one of my favorite albums. I still love jamming to it. Uh, actually, one of the more disappointing parts of this year's COVID um, pandemic was my wife and I actually got tickets to their Valentine show a few months ago. And unfortunately it got postponed. Um, it got post actually, well it got, it it was, um, yeah, they they suspended it at the time. We got a couple, we got an email like a couple months ago saying that they're going to do the show again, hopefully this August. So please Lord, if you're listening to this people put on masks so we can watch voice to men again.
2: Yeah. We want to see concerts again. I I want to see
4: concerts again. Y'all please behave. (laughs) And, you know, to be perfectly honest, the audience for Boys II Men are probably, like, sane-minded 30, 30, 40-something-year-olds. So we're good. It's you damn kids. Like, stop it. <laughs> stop it. So, uh, so mom and dad refresher. can actually have a date night <laughs> and watch Wanye go, you know, go, go, go ham on the song. Um, do you remember what the last
3: track is on that album? Uh, yesterday, a cover You're by. Damn right. Yeah. damn right. Damn right. Oh, very good.
0: good. <laughs> so good. I always such remember the,
3: <laughs> the the bookends of that album. I always remember the first song and I always remember the last song.
4: Yes. Was the first song? Um, Thank
3: You. No. It oh was. my gosh. Look yes, at
0: you. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, like a birth <laughs> 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 I,
3: I love that song, dude. I had, okay, no joke. I have a playlist. I bought a laptop just so I can do my iTunes, right? And playlist I'm gonna go is just called the East Coast Family. So it's all new edition, voice to men, Easy. another bad creation, that kind of stuff. And like yeah, all those and everybody, those guys, dude. That album, that yeah, Un- great because it came out the year like when Dennis and I were in our dance group. We like did a lot of big shows that year. So I would travel with a lot of different people just listening to the same albums. And there was a lot of hot girls in our dance group before and they loved that album so i was just like yeah me too and <laughs> me. luckily for me my cousin my cousin worked at sam goody at the at city walk and uh, had yeah, i known the at the time one. that had i known at the time that she was just pocketing my money that i gave her and stealing the cds i probably <laughs> would just asked her to steal the cds for me but you know hindsight is twenty twenty, and
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> i paid 24 dollars for a cd that cost 15 bucks <laughs>
2: remember when CDs were that expensive Oh my yeah gosh.
3: like especially the first week like or not the first second week like opening week it was always the lowest it was going to get and then the second week like on a Wednesday the next or the next Tuesday the club went up on a Tuesday you know and yeah, um, yeah it was unfortunate but I like this I like this subject that we're going with music I will circle back to what Krija mentioned earlier because what she mentioned earlier is Pretty affected me pretty well, but I'm gonna go in a positive note for now. Um, 1994, first album from one of my favorite bands of all time, Weezer. Yes, yeah dude. weezer had the blue album.
2: Yeah, that was on my list.
3: There you go. <laughs> I knew I was gonna, I was like, I know I'm gonna poach from one of you guys here, but so <laughs> Chris, agree with me on this. Um, I will. I love, like, like, yes, yesterday is one of the best bookend songs, right for uh, for an album because it's an acapella cover and it ends with because ah, it just drifts away, right? The <laughs> last song on the blue album is so long but it is so good. So like that whole album just in general, first song I ever heard from Weezer was a sweater song. And then I was like, that's, that's catchy. I like this. And then Say It Ain't So came out. And I've been a Rivers fan ever since. So, like, everything about that album, like, I, I li- I've always liked rock music from when I was a kid. And then when Nirvana came out a few years before that, and when Pearl Jam came out, I was like, oh, I, I can, I get why, like, a lot of my classmates were into it. But at the same time, it was a kind of a, um, like, people were, like, kind of pretty judgy about people who like that kind of music. But I was always like really, really open to everything. I love like hip hop, obviously slow jams, like we talked about earlier, and rock music. So like when you have a blended melody of someone playing a guitar hard and then someone singing softly and then screaming into it, dude, this is this is where this is this is my wheelhouse now. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna follow these guys for the rest of their careers, uh, even though last year's album was okay. up until i mean up until when they stopped coloring their albums which just just sounds funny to me um everything about the band has been like fantastic and then they were like rivers is a nerd and like you know he was wearing glasses he was slouching while he was playing the guitar Mm -hmm. and i was like like and then buddy holly dude buddy holly buddy holly yeah remember buddy holly was on every version of windows windows 95 Anybody who ever got a copy of Windows ninety five, there was a copy of Buddy Holly on their seat. So if your very first Windows media player video should have been Buddy Holly. So thank you, Spike Jones, and thank you, Weezer.
4: Yeah, thanks Comp USA and Burbank for yeah, I had that I had that copy <laughs> on my my PC. Um, I think the same one that uh, my friend down- downloaded an illegal copy of Doom 2 and ruined it. So there goes, there went my copy too. I love this choice, great, great poll, H, because um, so like I mentioned, uh, you know, coming from a different country, I was totally like. Um, you know, growing up, I wasn't really into rock and that kind of stuff. I'm not sure if it was just the Access over in the Philippines. Uh, long story short, like, Weezer was one of them, like one of those, like, great safe bets. One of the first, like, uh, crossovers into, like, rock and roll that I ever felt. And not to mention, like, years later, you know, uh, that's actually when I, I think I got closer to, you know, to, to Dennis over here, his spouse and his brother, uh, we went to a Weezer concert in San Diego, and not to mention we, we went to some uh, shows locally here. They, they, they're so great, great sound. Rivers is such a great uh, front man, uh, um, you know, it, it definitely one of the, uh, and uh, so remember growing up, cause I think Nirvana to my parents was like dangerous, you know, very uh, uh very uh, strict, not strict, but you know Catholic folks It's like, oh that's that's the devil's music. But then they hear Buddy Holly's like, oh I know Buddy Holly, <laughs> you, you go by that CD. I'm like, great, thanks, mom. So yeah, good good pull, dude. Yeah, Weezer is definitely one
3: of those great uh, bands that come out of the '90s.
2: I agree. You- I so- oh go ahead.
3: No, no, I just wanted to say like uh before, I, I sorry for kicking off Chris, but Only in Dreams is such a perfect driving song. Because it's so relaxing and it's like I said, it's like super duper long, and you're like you don't even know that the song is ending because you're just like, and all you hear is "only in dreams." Like, oh man,
2: it's a great (laughs) song.
3: I just love that. (laughs)
2: that's a good point because I never really noticed bookends, you know, and and I, I, yeah, and now I'm gonna start paying attention in to the order that these artists put their their you know songs in. That's awesome. (laughs) <laughs>
4: I mean Now, now okay. we're all just reminiscing Like mm. Oh yeah That was a bop
2: <laughs> Is that what the kids say?
0: <laughs> yes, that's what yeah the
4: kids say. Oh lord Yeah and, and it didn't help me uh, It didn't hurt either Because um, I grew up in Burbank uh Perfectly honest uh, Prominently white I think I was like One of the three Filipino dudes And like the one black guy That knew black voice uh, to men too So knowing Weezer Really helped me Like integration yay i know the we sir <laughs> all right who, who, who's got another uh, 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 throwback for us to look at
3: we rotate to krish oh yeah back to
2: krish oh can i switch subjects of yeah. course okay i'm gonna Anywhere go where you want to go Krish. okay i'm gonna go to tv um i mean we can all all talk about musty tv because that was in its heyday, I think, in ninety four. Yeah, However, that. I'm going to switch it on you. One of my favorite movie movies, one of my favorite TV shows of <laughs> all time. Which I know, I I really switched it. I'm going to talk about no. <laughs> um, one of my favorite TV shows of all time was My So Called Life, and it was a oh. one season only TV show on ABC with Claire Danes, and it was just it was just the antithesis of like 90210 where everyone was beautiful this was like the awkward girl and her you know her like weird friends her social outcast friends just trying to survive high school so um and and it's so sad that it only lasted one season because I really wanted to see where it would go um but yeah Claire Danes uh, she played Angela Chase, just trying to figure, just try to, just trying to figure it out, just like how I try to figure out that sentence. Um, <laughs> and then you see um, Jordan Catalano, the guy she had a crush on, and that's played by Jared Leto. Oh, and it Jared was Leto. just, it was just everything. It's, I, I think I can watch it now. I mean, I, I want to <laughs> go back and watch it now and see if I can still feel that again but i uh, that show was just uh, it also opened my eyes 94 was a very like very crazy year for me I, mean, I was just learning so much about myself and uh other people just learning i was just learning my eyes were open to the world and I, yeah it was it was just a it, it was just a great year so i was very excited <laughs> when this topic was proposed
0: that's, okay, awesome. that's... <laughs>
4: for, First off, thank you for uh, for 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 showing us how to pronounce antithesis
2: because
4: mm. I didn't know how to pronounce that. Is it ant
3: antithesis?
2: Uh, antithesis? It's a, that's, and, yeah.
3: That's <laughs> mouthwash, right? Is that what is made out of? <laughs> Oh, man Uh
4: great great pull cuz yeah that was one of those that was on MTV, right? Like that wasn't one of those uh network uh shows.
2: It was on ABC, but oh, I think ABC. they okay. replayed it on MTV.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I I I I wanted to really get into that show uh but it, it was kind of a tough pull. I mean, it was definitely like those um Plaid Hesher kind of feeling looking show. So it was totally a, it was plaid a
2: little, Hesher.
4: It, it was it was it was a, it was a bit of a tough uh, tough show for me to get into, but I I, I do appreciate the impact of that because yeah you're right. Jay Leto and and Claire Danes are still pretty big deal now, twenty plus years later. So kudos to them and for the for those makers. And so maybe sometimes it's better that you only get the one season and you, like, you hold on to those memories instead of uh, getting diluted or ruined uh, later seasons.
3: Um. Yeah. Anybody else? Or I, I just remember the the only thing I really remember about the show was there was a, a gay dude and then there was Jared yeah. Leto <laughs> and then, yeah I didn't I you know all honesty that I really thought that was a it was directed towards teenage girls and I was like well you know when you're in like a teenager like we were at least yeah we were all teenagers at the time you're like I don't want to watch anything too girly because Cause I'm trying to be like this this dude, and then yeah, eventually you find out. Oh,
2: you know what? Did there's
3: some actually had some interesting stories, and it probably would have made sense to to you know watch at the time, but you know,
2: yeah. it happens. It's it was ninety four. Oh. <laughs> in, in,
3: in, in retrospect, I should have.
4: You're right, age. I probably should have watched that to kind of understand to understand American women. Because obviously I had no idea, I had no clue what was going on. Um, and, and speaking of having no clue, '94 uh, was actually yeah, even though I was already my like pre-teen, early teen, I was still stuck watching cartoons because, to be perfectly honest, there was a ton of great cartoons that, show, that started that year. Um, you know, for, for me specifically, I think I, I love um, the show that came out that year was Gargoyles on um, on, the, uh, on the on the on a Channel Seven. Is that ABC here LA? I don't remember K-Ko. anymore, but. Uh, was it on KU Okay, one of those. Uh, but one of those, like, great underrated cartoons that I loved the fact that back then, they, you know, the stations at least, I don't know if they do it now, you know, they, 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 stay, they, they scheduled it so the cartoons would start around 3 o'clock, which is exactly when kids got home. And that was such a great strategy because, yeah, like, bums like me who had no after school programs or didn't have any sports teams to go to afterwards would go home, uh, watch cartoons for the next hour or two, forget about your day and and kind of uh, and get lost in these new worlds and universes like so like like this one, so yeah, one of those underrated cartoons, I think it's on Disney Plus now, so hopefully you know kids of this next generation can watch some pretty good cartoons, and yeah, uh older nerds like myself can kind of look back and reminisce on the good signs, hopefully I haven't actually had a chance to watch it yet. Um, holding on to those memories that maybe it was good, but also unfortunately there's a tinge in the back of my head thinking maybe it's not gonna be it wasn't as great but um i am I'm, I'm gonna hold on to and, and and say that it was still a good cartoon um
1: i i if, bleh, yeah. um <laughs> i i can't speak today no um uh, i i agree with uh Lewis, you know that was like one of the last like really good disney afternoon like um you know uh, 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 additions, I guess you could say. Um, and I, 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 you're right. Maybe if I look back, I might be I, it, I might be surprised. But I really thought it, um, at the time it had darker tones. Um, it had a mature, more mature um, storyline. You know, um, a lot of betrayal, a lot of you know, all these things. And I really thought it. Um, I really thought, like you said, it's it, it deserved more recognition than it actually got. Um, you know, but um, still one of my favorite cartoons. I'm definitely gonna uh, take a look at it. But um, interestingly enough, I could use that as a segue. Do you remember um, the name of the bad guy in Gargoyles? Xanathos Xanathos, Xanathos, yeah. Um, Xanathos, do, you remember, yes. do you know? Do you know who the? Um, do you know who the the voice actor of it is? Oh, you're Star Trek guy. Yeah, so yeah Jonathan Fre- <laughs> Fre- Fre- dude.
2: <laughs> Number one. Number
1: one, indeed. Um, and um, the um, and the the girl I, I I'm forgetting her name um, was uh, uh, Marina Certis, which is Diana Troy. So uh, uh, her name was Eliza from the cartoon. <laughs> no, uh, not, not Eliza. The, um, the the gargoyle, the female gargoyle,
4: the bed. Oh, guy. oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh Lord, I can't remember her name either. Yeah. But yes, okay. But her.
1: Oh. that th- That's the voice of uh, Diana, Diana Troy. And the reason why I bring that up is. Um, You know, 1994 was a momentous occasion for Star Trek The Next Generation. That was the very last episode of uh, the the last two episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. After a seven year run, um, it it ended. And I still remember it was right before uh, right before um, the end of my junior year. um, You know, school was about to uh, be over. And during that time, you know, Internet was still kind of new. Um, there was really no like you know everybody prepare for like the, the finale, and I honestly didn't know it was the finale until <laughs> I found out that it was the finale. I was like, "Oh my god, such a momentous occasion! Great episode!" If uh, you know um, Louis, I know I made you watch that one Star Trek um, yeah. you know, episode with Picard, but this is one of those things where I love you know I really love it when um, when TV shows or movies or books kind of give you like a glimpse of what could possibly happen after the book or after the movie ends. And this was one of those things where um, it gave you like a potential of this might happen in the future. And at the same time, in the end, you, you know, one of the lasting scenes to this day is just the, the bridge crew that were sitting there next to each other um, playing poker. And as, as a, as the 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 starship is like going away and i was like that's the end that's the end of the whole the, the whole series so at least for me 1994 was memorable because it was the 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 finale the ending of, of, of star trek the next generation um
3: should i do the obvious one the one of the obvious tv ones from 1994 or do
2: it and we can all talk I'll, about it yeah friends? Um,
3: yeah I I was gonna I was gonna go like we'll we'll mention it briefly because we had discussions about that show this show on our show before, um, so Friends, which was you know, cool I guess is it it's still funny I still
1: love me some Chandler Bing. Um, yeah, you do. But I remember <laughs> I remember at the time. Notice how like, you like like didn't Chris, mention Monica or anybody. No, no. Yeah, well, it's, it's when, all yeah. about Chandler Bing. Yeah,
3: the the whole show is is should be centered around Chandler Bing because he's the only one that actually is funny. But him and Joey, and then and Phoebe. So all the I like all the weird ones, and then everybody else is like three selfish buttholes. <laughs> selfish buttholes. Those are the worst kind of buttholes. <laughs> yeah, the ones that take and never give. Um, so with uh, with that show, I remember watching it for the first time, and I was just like, I don't get it because teenagers we were at the time and you know let's all be honest here we are we live in los angeles we never really got to live the new york apartment lifestyle and at the same time all all four of us are kind of minorities and you know rare to see any person of color on that show which is not even people didn't even need to point that out to me i was just like dude is there is there anybody here besides white dudes (laughs) and you know like once in a while you see somebody and they might have mentioned something. And then only after the criticism is when they started adding color, people of character of color. But in general, I loved like that they were, they, they kind of took the Seinfeld way of doing the let's, let's t- do sexually explicit jokes, but work our way around it to try to be clever as opposed to my sense of humor, which is married with children, where it's literally like, Hey, <laughs> This is what's going on over here, kind of um, And I know Lou that your your wife loves the show, loves uh, it. obviously. So don't talk um, smack. I know I'm not. I'm, not, I, I'm take, just saying she will go and get your gift back. <laughs> just kidding.
0: No, 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 I'm just kidding. <laughs>
3: no, that, that, that gift is. I know which one came from her, and I know which one came <laughs> from you. Um, I appreciate both of them, but um, yeah, with that show, it's just funny to me how like like we like I said, you know, twenty some odd years later when you watch it back like it's still funny but a lot of it is you don't realize how 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 much some, some of the characters are just unlikable and like they stayed unlikable throughout the whole show like the whole series and it's like they never like at least for me two of them two of those characters ross and rachel never developed at all they stayed just selfish jerks the whole time. Like, gimme, 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 whatever's, like, I want what's mine. And then at the very end, they're like, oh, let's send everybody home happy because we're finally both getting what we want when this should have happened 10 years ago, kind of stuff. So, I mean, everybody else, they did, you know, serviceable jobs. But like I said, Chandler Bing should have been the main character in that story. Watching Matthew Perry go through his drug addiction through that is fan- Fascinating because you see how how much exactly how much blow he's doing for that day. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, like, is he bloated? Is his is his lisp in for the day? If his lisp isn't in, that means he didn't do a lot of too much drugs. But then when the lisp is in, it's like there's Chandler Bond, <laughs> and that we'll always see funny to enemy just for that for that gag <laughs> that episode alone just for the whole you know, the, the trivia game against each other, that's, that will make that show forever funny to
0: me. Yeah, it's,
4: it, it, yeah. It, that's a great poll that was actually on my list, too. Um, it was tough for me to remember. Like, it's tough to remember now, because, I mean, literally today, I'm binge-watching the Umbrella Academy, but it's hard to imagine, dude. But Friends was, like, back then, was appointment uh, viewing, right? Like, every Thursday night. I still remember. Every Thursday night, um, you know, I would... You know, watch it, or everybody like every, every TV guide. Remember those things? Um, would say <laughs> you have to watch it on. You know, you have to watch it, and it's must watch TV. Every commercial no, it's, was bombarded. Must see TV, must, Oh my bad. Get must it
2: right. You you have have to to
4: go with get. their catchphrase. I read and fob too, so. <laughs> And I still remember too, cause like we'd be watching. You know, one of the few things that carried over from my time in the Philippines is my love for the, bas- for, for the basketball. Jesus Christ, for 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 basketball. So I'm watching the NBA, and even th- even during those those, those games, they would throw in like, "Watch Friends tonight." Da-da-da-da-da. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And I still remember like a lot of the you know those people in middle school. A lot of even even kids my age in eighth grade were already talking about like they needed to watch the uh, Friends because that first season. The whole—I mean, you know—yes, there was comedy, but of course the big, the big, you know, the, the big arc was—is Ross gonna hook up with Rachel? And that was, you know, and it's crazy that that was the whole—you know—that that, that basically carried that whole first season into the next few. And basically, yeah, like what what, what Harold said, there wasn't really much development between those two. Between um, are they? Will they? Won't they? And I was like, dude, after the fourth season, I'm like, just don't. But you know, the first season, you know, I'm trying to. Th- uh, go into that time machine, like we mentioned, but I still remember, yeah, like every Thursday night you have to like, are the, is this going to be the episode? Is this going to be it? Is, or, you know, what, what, what is Ross going to say now to make it, uh, to make it work and all that good stuff. So uh,
0: it,
4: it it was a nice, it, it's, it was a good show. Cause yeah, like I said, even in the later seasons, um, in high school, you know, I had a bunch of friends, uh, not girlfriends, but uh, female <laughs> friends who that was their thing. Like we couldn't do anything on Thursdays, like as a group, because the girls had to go back and hang out and watch the show, which evolved into like the guys hanging out too. I mean, half of us would begrudgingly say it, and, and go there. But I'll be perfectly honest: I went there like, yeah, let's watch this episode. So shut up and sit down, you know. So it, it was it, it was good. It was fine. I still like it. It's on HBO Max now, I think, if you wanted to to stream or at least rewatch that whole first season in in in, uh, in a bridge form. But um, yeah, it, it was it was a, it was a good time for like uh, appointment viewing. You know, not not since like I think Game of Thrones lately has that uh, ever happened. Because yeah, Netflix kind of ruined that whole experience for everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's still a good show. Still a good show. Because my wife listens to this. I love the show, babe. <laughs> you, you you are you are always you will always be my lobster. Yeah. Any, Friends for.
0: No,
3: nah. <laughs> is that a Chinese food right. reference? Yes. Oh what? Just no. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Who's it? Uh, Dan. Oh,
2: it's uh, great! That's Kirsch. No, no, Really? No, no it's yeah. tennis. Oh yeah, well no, Not we with
4: He did uh, the the finale of Star Trek. Oh, it's sorry. Star Trek. Oh my God, yeah.
2: I mean, you're right. You're right. Oh gosh. Oh, pressure's on. These have been really good. I'm going to. Um, you can go anywhere?
1: Yeah. I. You want me to go, Kirsch?
2: Yeah. Yes, please.
1: Okay. Um, let's go. Let's go movies. Um. But it, I. It, I was gonna pick and choose a specific movie. Oh, but here I we go. Let's go movies. I, I decided I was just going to go with an actor, um, an actor in particular during that, during 1994, who made three amazing movies uh, to yes, this time. He oh, did. Still yes, classics? Yes, he did. You know? Two and, of them are classics.
2: Without,
3: <laughs> two, two of them are classics.
2: What do you mean two? Three the of other them.
3: One is, the
1: other one's a movie. Um, whatever.
3: It's not the actor we, or,
2: I'm thinking of. Then
1: I guess we we can argue, it. but but the the, the three movies uh, the, the uh, actor I'm talking about is of course Jim Carrey, um, and Jim Carrey uh, uh, on that year he had the three movies Dumb and Dumber, The Mask, and of course, um, uh, oh crap, I prefer, oh Ace Ventura, <gasps> Ace Ventura. <laughs> I mean, which of those are are, are was just a movie, um, Harold? The Mask. What?
2: No, get out. Cameron no. Diaz, come on. Get
0: out. Wait, get no. Out. Okay, hold on. <laughs> no, this, no, is, no. this is my argument
3: before we start.
1: <laughs> no, you're you're vetoed. You're not even allowed to say no. anything. The fact that you <laughs> masked <laughs> me is that this is the look at, one fanboy on the <laughs> schedule. I
3: know. <laughs> but correct. look at the
1: other two, <laughs> look at the other
3: two movies real quick though. Uh-huh. Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> For me, top five comedy of all time. Okay, Ace Ventura, the debut of the version of Jim Carrey. Uh huh. (laughs) And then you
1: have Cameron Diaz in the middle. But you have Uh you have everything that you ask for. You know, you have a superhero movie. A there's there's your superhero movie. You have. Um, You know, something that we've been looking for since like Roger Rabbit, you have the mixture of cartoon and live action and you have freaking, um, you know, Jim Carrey just being Jim Carrey during that point. It was the perfect execution of of that, you know, I read the comic book, I remember the comic book. And when I saw that movie, I was like, dude, there's no one, there's no way this movie could have been done except if it was Jim Carrey. So, you know, I mean... I guess we could argue that one, but I would have to put Jim Carrey up there. But at the same time, you add um, Cameron Diaz, um, a peak, you know, peak hotness of uh, 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 a dude. Come on,
2: (laughs) there's no way you can argue with that one. Adorable.
1: I mean, Jim Carrey, like Ace Ventura. Who who do you have? The girl from from Friends,
3: Sean Young and Courtney Cox. Sean Young with a wiener.
1: I mean, you know, it's... Yeah, Dan Marino, excuse you. You, you, you could have gotten the pretty, well, one of the prettier friends, but you have to get Courtney <laughs> Cox.
3: I mean... It is what it is. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I'm, with,
4: I'm with Dennis, though. I mean, I'm not going to argue the merits of any of those movies, but it's a freaking MVP year that has not been seen since then. I can't Never. imagine anybody pranking out three like uh, i'm not the film guy here so it you gotta explain like how did how did three movies of the same of, with the same guy come out in the same year like was it like something they filmed before
3: and they just staggered it or whatever so, happened or what happened is it was the final the year before was the final start of in living color which also ended in 1994 so oh, goddamn yeah, jim carrie yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying um but they saw his potential right away and when Ace Ventura came out, I think it was in February, and that movie just destroyed at the box office, he had already put the mask in the can. <laughs> the mask in the can. Um, but that movie had already been developed, and they were like, okay, we're, we're using this guy from In Living Color because he has the facial features, or he can do the facial uh, features to pull off being a live uh, cartoon, which is why I was into the movie before it even deb- debuted. And they were like the success of this movie means this has to come out while they're doing the ending or like about to debut the mask. They are finishing Dumb and Dumber and Dumb and Dumber had just been like one of those things, like the Fairley brothers were very new to to films at the time. And they were like, okay, we got a serious actor in Jeff Daniels. And then we have uh, someone to play off of him, which is Jim Carrey. And, yeah, so they were just like as soon as they, uh, Dumb and Dumber came out in December, so it was like the perf. Yeah, like Dennis said, if anybody's had a better movie year than Jim Carrey in 1994, I'll be damned. Besides maybe Chris Pratt in 2015, but like, like oh, yeah, that's that's, right. that's remarkable, dude. Like, how do you have that? Or 2014, but whatever. But though, like Jim Carrey when they were like. The next year, he became the $20 million man based off those three movies. Well-deserved. Unfortunately, <laughs> the next movie was The Cable Guy.
0: But... Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: I'm not going to argue that one. That was terrible. <laughs> that is
1: a movie. That was just a mean movie. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> you just made fun of The Mask by calling The Mask no, I'm... and Cable Guy a movie. The Mask is
3: a decent movie. It's, it's passable. I love Cameron Diaz and that. It's just like... After the fact, watching Ace Ventura and watching Dumb and Dumber, where it's literally like for me, like nonstop laughs per minute. The Mask doesn't have as many laughs per se, and you're right, it's a comic book movie, so it didn't have to. Um, but for me, the big sell was being a Jim Carrey comedy, so I went into the theaters like, I am gonna laugh for the entirety of this movie, and I was just like, oh, it was it was cool. The girl was really pretty. Uh, there was a dog named Milo, and <laughs> the guy that ended up being in The Usual Suspects is the bad guy, so, like, uh, that's where I went with that, so. Yeah, yeah it's, it's no not hard bad, it's just... That. Not, <laughs> yeah, that, that
0: too.
4: Yeah, I, I love... I love... Oh, God, dude, great poll, because I still love that I, I I use these dumb quotes from these movies to this day. Like, I still say... So there, you're saying there's a chance.
3: <laughs>
0: there was,
3: there was somebody a couple days ago. I was watching a video where he said like a glove, and then he was like, and he was <laughs> yeah, like, <dude. laughs> and then he was asking his girlfriend, and he's like, oh, do you know where that's from? And she's like, no. And he's oh like, god, yeah,
0: like a glove. And he was saying it like in a really bad
3: way, and she was like. I have no idea what you're saying. And then he's Uh. like, Jim Carrey, Ace Ventura. She's like, oh, like I love. (laughs) I
4: I mean, and I never play football, but I know to kick laces out. Right. I mean, that's if anything, that's the lesson you learn here and to look, and to look for hemorrhoids when you, when you hook up with someone. (gasps) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah em- and, and that's the best part of those movies you can say a line Uh-oh. no <laughs> hemorrhoids are not the p- best part of anything <laughs> um but of every uh, the best part of uh, a movie and that's when you know it has complete staying power is when you can just say a line without any you know specific Tone Context. or intonation or anything, and you know exactly where it's from. Yeah. Like Harold, you can just say like a glove, and we're like, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. Did you it's hear so that great. people people were trying to uh, retroactively cancel that movie? Which one, uh, Dumb and Dumber? Ace Ventura. Oh, uh, Ace Ventura. I mean, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. No one's ever canceling Dumb and Dumber. That movie has like <laughs> that's like one of the perfect comedies. Like, is it because of the movie one, Yeah. Because of the fact that she is a, mm. uh, a transgender and he threw up because he made out with her. Yeah. And, and then like, the, oh, like the big joke, he, the sorry. big reveal at the end is that she's a man. So everybody starts like spitting out and stuff. And then people were like, you should accept the fact that you should, he wanted to change. And I was like, in 1994, that's, that's a funny joke, man. Yeah. But,
4: and he, he also <laughs> wanted to kidnap the freaking dolphin, man. Come on, dude. She was a bad guy.
2: That he, whole too. movie was ridiculous. <laughs>
3: I I had to, I remember like before the movie came out, like I said, my dad used to always take me to movies and stuff, and he was like, "You want to watch a movie called what?" I was like, "It's called Ace Ventura: Pet Detective," and he was like, "He's a detective of pets," and I was like, "Just just just drop me off, man." <laughs> Just give me your money, dad. Just buy the ticket
0: for me.
3: Yeah, it's PG 13. I'm 14 now. Let's do this.
4: (laughs) And our birds heads are falling off. (laughs) 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 Damn it. You're right. You can just stay
0: the rest of the,
4: the rest of the podcast could just be us using lines from these dumb movies. (laughs) Anyway. Oh yeah. I
2: think
4: we can do it. And I think it could be done. Um, uh, so, so for me, because I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for Curtis and and, and and Harold to uh, to hit the big uh, Oscar movies, but um, I, I'm gonna for my time I'm gonna give a quick shout out uh, for two underrated sci-fi movies that I absolutely love that did not get as much love as uh, as they should have because either they were a campy or B starred MacGyver. So uh, I'm gonna shout out to Stargate.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, go go for it. Is it Star Trek Generations, which came out that same year?
4: Dang it, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> there
1: was right. a word.
4: There's a word "star" in it. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna give a shout out to Stargate and Time Cop. Um, you know, Time Cop. <laughs> I love it because the premise is in the it's in the name. He's a time cop. He's a cop of time, <laughs> and he's Jean Claude Van Damme, <laughs> and he's doing splits in the kitchen. Damn it! To do-
3: to avoid rockets. Yes. Who's shooting rockets what? in the kitchen? Does Van Damme
2: L- just do splits in every movie?
3: Yeah, it's, <laughs> yes. it's a... Yep. It's his it, thing. It's, it's a roundhouse it. kick It's a and yeah. prerequisite before every Van Damme movie. It's in his rider. <laughs> it's in his rider. It's his, it's, he has <laughs> to do the uh, the jumping roundhouse kick. Or the splits. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
4: With that sweet, sweet mullet. And, you know, I, I love the fact that, you know, last year's biggest movie, you know, uh, Avengers Endgame, uh, threw in a little reference to Time Cops. So my, my heart grew three times. Uh, when, when I heard it's like, yay, we remember Time Cop. There were some weird rules about time travel and stuff like that. I, I think it actually came up in our uh, mentioned. Ironically, that time travel episode has disappeared. disappeared. So it's disappeared into uh, Dennis's hard drive somewhere. But um, yeah, and then Stargate, you know, with, with uh, Richard Dean Anderson and um, God, the guy who played Ultron, or not, not him, but anyway,
3: uh, James great? peter wasn't
1: it James Spader or was yeah, it? A,
3: he, no, Spader's in uh That was Spader, Stargate. right? Yeah, that was Spader. Okay, I, I thought it was one of those um Kurt Russell's in Stargate.
4: Kurt Russell oh my god, yeah. As, uh, sorry, MacGyver is the one in the Stargate show. See, I got it yeah. all upside down. Now. I was like um, Richard Dean Anderson was in yeah. Stargate? <laughs> no, he yeah. was not, he was in the show, my bad. And the there show
2: came after the movie, right? Yes, yeah. it did, yes okay. it did.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I think they're supposed to be the same characters. But yeah, so, you know, I, I loved Stargate. It was one of those campy sci-fi movies that, um, you know, unlike Harold, I was not an independent woman yet, uh, so I couldn't watch a movie. So I, I think I dragged my dad to see it. And he looks still looks at me weird for the fact that I have uh, collectibles and, and toys in my cave but partially it's he, he's to blame because he he was my enabler and he paid for my movie tickets back then so um yeah shout out to stargate and time cop to the the more underrated um sci-fi movies at that time
1: i'm gonna jump in real quick um before harold and uh Kersey gets to join in um lewis another underrated and um, criminally underrated movie that year that starred jean-claude van damme do you oh this? yeah, let's go Street Fighter, baby!
0: <laughs> That's right,
4: <laughs> Street Fighter. Oh my God, dude, I still remember. Uh, you know these uh, for the kids listening to this to this podcast. There used to be these things called magazines. Uh, there was one particularly called uh, uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly (EGM). So I still remember. I think I still have that copy in this in this room somewhere. But they were hyping the street fighter excuse me street fighter, I, i'm all hype I'm, i can't even speak um the street fighter movie to all hell because it's like we've got Rose julia this oscar-nominated uh actor as m bison and we have jean-claude van damme as guile i don't know how it's gonna work out because he's got that accent and guy's supposed to be like you know super uh, oh, yeah, american <laughs> exactly.
0: yeah exactly
4: all american apple pie guy but like, sure and then we have uh hlman who played cammy again um Kylie Minogue. Kylie Minogue playing cami, I was like, yeah, this is a this is a goat. All you know, this is a great all-star cast. And then we finally see it and like, wow, what a wreck. <laughs> but go ahead. How dare I'm you? I'm sorry, Dennis. This this was your this was your choice. But yeah, go 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 into it, dude. How dare you call it a wreck? A wreck. <laughs> it was a beautiful mess. It was a beautiful wreck. <laughs> to me, to me, it
1: was Tuesday. To you, it was the greatest wreck ever. <laughs> it was one of those things. It was like. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. It made it even better. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The fact that you said, like you pointed out, Guile is supposed to be this, this all-American guy, and then you know his whole speech is, "Who wants to go home? And who wants to go with me?" Like, how can you, how can you not like like, like that that whole thing? And then you 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 know we're, we're talking about Jean-Claude Van Damme having to do the splits. And the fact that you were able to get Jean uh, Claude Van Damme without any like uh, you know um, uh, um, any like computer generated things, um, he was able to do a flash kick uh, on M Bison. Yep, you, that was you the
3: highlight of that movie.
1: You, you can't you can go you can't go wrong with that movie. That, to this day I think that was one of the very first like DVDs that I think I bought. Um, <laughs> Because I just needed to buy I just needed to have a copy of Street Fighter so um, uh, shout out to Street Fighter um, I mean I, possibly that's the reason why Roel Julia died I don't know what um, <laughs> he, yeah.
2: he he died in an actual movie. street fight yeah he gets crushed
3: at the end of the movie and then he gets crushed in real life
2: Yeah, you know what that
3: ca- the cast of that movie is so well done it's so awesome to me. Like looking back because you know, film dork here. Uh Wes Studi played Sagat Sagat, sorry. Uh um, Studi, who is uh Native American, correct? He's a Native American. Right. Playing a playing a giant time, I- time kickboxer <laughs> who's supposed to be seven feet tall. Wes Studi, I believe, is about six feet tall, generously. Yeah, um and then I thought the best casting was uh Ming Na Wen as oh, Chen yeah. Lee. Legend. Yeah. And then um that she should have been like, I like that the focus was supposed to be her and Guile, and then, like, you know, um, but in reality, for it to be the Street Fighter movie, it's supposed to be Ken and Ryu. And the person that they got for Ken is Damien Chapa, who I'll always remember as Miko from <gasps> Blood, <gasps> <and> Blood <laughs> on Bonner, <No. laughs>
0: Miko. who's
3: Shea Serrano's avatar. Yes, was oh, Ken. So oh, every- yeah. So every time that, like every time Ken would show up, I was like, he's not battling. He's not in a prison in a LA place <laughs> fighting the black gorillas and stuff. Like, okay, that's cool. And then uh, you had the guy who played E-Honda and he was a guy and he was fat. So... <laughs>
0: and he was a guy.
3: And then um, what's his name? Miguel. What the hell was his name again? But the guy that played DJ. He was also Juana Mann. That's right.
4: Oh my gosh. Yeah, DJ was in that movie. Good luck. Oh,
2: yeah. Miguel A. Nunez Jr. was, was that
0: 1994
2: also because, man. If
1: Joanna <laughs> Ju- 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 Man was 1994, that year was the
2: greatest. <laughs> I'm going to look it up right now. I think it was oh, like 97
3: man. or maybe 98. Like
4: what other movies but, came out that year that we can uh, wax poetic about, um, Lord?
1: There's a, there, there was a small Disney movie that came out that year. Oh,
4: that little thing!
2: It's I don't think small. anybody saw. No one's seen it. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Overrated.
2: I,
3: oh, I, I saw it in a like I always love saying this. I saw it in a barnyard theater in Visalia, California, with the rest of my bell choir, which included. Uh, some of Dennis's former coworkers uh, that make T-shirts and masks and stuff, and then coach and stuff. And the other guy is actually a visual effects guy on Star Trek, so I should, I should really Ooh. ask him. But full circle, yeah, right there. Watching I that, m- Yeah, watching so- that movie in a barnyard on a bay of hail, hey bay of hail. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's pretty country,
3: man. <laughs> Anyways,
0: what a bomb. <laughs>
3: yeah, that was a movie. It was okay. So yeah,
4: we're we're talking about Lion King, the one that uh, you know. Apparently, this live action movie was a cartoon before. So I don't know. I, I've never seen. It. I'm just kidding. Um, for me, dude, like I saw I, the 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 weird thing is I actually didn't see this until it was out on VHS. Another one of a wonderful medium that was. Um, uh, you guys, did, were you were any of you guys those people that collected the VHS like uh uh copies of the Disney movies because I think there was a time in the 90s where like those things are super collectible because to be perfectly honest they look really nice not the DVD cases but like the big VHS color uh um, yeah. VHS copies with a full color like giant plastic the, right mm-hmm. so, you know it, it was uh it was almost disproportionately sized
3: to everything yeah. else on the shelves, but I think that was a strategy. It's like, look yeah, at this. They, this is Lion King. All of the Disney movies were in the same casing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, up until I think Emperor's New Groove, because that's when they started doing DVDs. But, hmm. that's a tough way to end your run. But yeah, uh, I didn't
4: see Lion King in the theaters. I actually saw it at one of my at my cousin's house, who you know at the time was a huge uh, Disney file. And I loved it, the the like from moment one. As soon as that song uh, kicks in, like I fell in love right away, and I could not uh, wait to finish shooting through the whole movie. And when it was over, it was over too soon. I wanted to start it all over again, um, but I, I didn't have the I, I didn't have the courage to ask my parents, "Can we please go to uh, Bridge Mega Store and get a copy of uh, of Lion King?" So you know, I love that movie. Still holds up. Um, you know, shout out to some of our listeners. Uh, uh, you know, director Tony, who had Lion King as the oh production my God. for her for, <laughs> Who did Lion King for the production? Oh yeah, uh, last year. Um, I just got flashbacks to- of the thing. Oh, I, I know I just had flashbacks to my to my son in a wonderful costume and the other Aww. kid and another kid who was uh pumba great great costume uh doug uh, if you're listening to this podcast great job on that costume but anyway great movie.
0: In that costume. Yeah, and, uh,
2: <laughs> i got show
4: the i gotta show you the pictures courage if you haven't but it's it's
2: yeah i want to see uh, <laughs>
4: pa- like practical effects like chef's kiss but um yeah, like <laughs> Like this, this movie, this cartoon, this show was so good that they made it the Broadway sensation, and you know, a live-action movie that turns out made Disney a lot of money. So you know, it, it was like, yeah, Disney was making uh, money hand over fist on this one.
1: Um, Chris, I, okay. I, I think I told you this before, and when we did our rank power ranking, I, I still think *Blind King* is overrated. Um, like, and, and I think it partially is because I loved. I know. Hey, I love the, the movies that came before it. That when I saw it, I just didn't appreciate it as much. Don't get me wrong. Um, unlike Harold, I'm not just going to say it's, it was a movie. Um, but, um, you know, it was just
4: a mask. The, the,
1: the fact that everybody um, lauds it as, uh, as one of the best, if not the best, like Disney movie out there, I, I, I would have to disagree. It's a great movie. Um, but I remember watching it, um and I was like, Oh, okay, that was cool. Um, but i like everybody else around me was like, Oh my god, it was the greatest thing in the world. So uh, it it was good. It was good, but overrated. It was good.
4: <laughs> okay, so why why'd you bring it up then? Damn.
2: <laughs> I know. He well, had to interject and say, <laughs> I disagree.
1: I you know
4: that you know that <laughs> thing I, I said I just like that small it. movie? <laughs>
3: oh I guess. <laughs> You know that little movie that changed everybody's life? Hated it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolute
3: garbage. <laughs> you know that movie that won our number one in the Disney
1: movie bracket? Yeah. Garbage. Oh, <laughs> Only garbage. Because there were two of you over one me. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> but Joanna Man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I would rather watch Juana Man than Lion King right now.
2: <laughs> also, side note: Joanna Man came out in two thousand and two. Oh, I, thought I was
4: way off on that one. Darn it! That's, that's not going to fall in. That's not going to fall into our five-year windows, yeah. dude. Sorry, no,
0: sorry. That,
1: that movie did not it was was not shot well then I really thought it was like nineteen ninety one or something. <laughs> yeah, that that's
3: that was not a good look for DJ over there. oh man (laughs) so speaking
4: of uh little movies i I think we brought this one up already in one of our uh summer blockbuster episode or one of the episodes but it it did come up and you know it it wouldn't be 1994 if we did not bring up keanu reeves's uh eh, action vehicle speed um i I guess between this and the and the mask it was a pretty good year to debut like these great actresses who are still, you know, sticking around. Sandra Bullock, of course, uh, debuted in Speed. Correct me if I'm wrong. H. Uh, uh,
3: and
4: no, the they didn't watch the In what movie though? There was but this was end- like her big coming out movie though.
3: Like after this. Oh, she
2: was in a thing called Love.
3: She was also in. A small Is that the movie name of the called- movie or? <laughs> she was. She was in a, a, a little. Uh, she was in this small indie film called Demolition Man. Was that,
2: that's was that right. Before?
3: Yes. No,
4: I thought this was... Wasn't Speed before?
3: Okay. No, no, Demolition Man and then Speed. Oh, really? Was that okay.
1: 1994?
3: <laughs> no, uh, Demolition Man was 93. Yeah. Oh. That, the, the Taco Bell stuff came out. That's too bad. But okay, but anyway, either way, I mean, Speed,
4: uh, a, a great Los Angeles uh, love story. You know, that's what I'll always remember because... If anything said anything about l a it's you know slow chases and vehicles um so yeah uh, I, I think we've already talked about how we, how much we love speed in the last episode, but yeah it, it would be it would be bad of me not to mention that uh, that, that movie in our topic today uh, Chris?
2: i agree i love i love speed it's I know I wasn't the in movie. that last conversation the movie. let's get this straight <laughs> <laughs> i love the. Speed the move. I love the speed. But speed. <laughs> I
0: also, love the speed. Also, I love speed. speed. <laughs> <laughs> I love the speed.
2: I think everyone just once during a podcast, one of us has to fob out. Yeah, At least once. So I, I love the speed. Said.
0: Or
3: we do the wheel of accents, <laughs> <laughs> our long-forgotten bit that we still need to do one of these days that will offend everybody. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. I think for me, for ninety-four was the year for for me that um independent movies like i that became a thing like i didn't know what that was before um until i saw pulp fiction and it it kind of like uh it changed the way i saw movies it was just such a new a new way of 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 the visual medium right so there the uh, how things were out of order, things were shot out of order, and you had to like piece things together, and you had these crazy characters, right? Like, I've never seen characters like that ever. Um, but yeah, and I think that just became the diving board for me for other independent movies that came, especially in '94, because, um, the, uh, the profession. Like so good. seeing that movie, I've never seen anything like that. And Gary Oldman ugh, is the greatest person ever. So I think not just Pulp Fiction, but um, it. Don't get me wrong; it was very big for me. I saw it in the theater, and I don't like. Just I, I remember being there, seeing everything on the big screen, like seeing the um, the uh, the od scene, just like in a gig- in a giant theater with a big screen and seeing, like, just seeing that whole mess, it was life-changing. And I only wanted to seek out different movies after that, um, like The Professional. Like, I, 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 Clerks came out that year.
0: Yes, it did. yes, it did. Yeah, it did.
2: So, like, just, I think it was just a big, uh, a, a time for indep- independent movies to get recognition, like the spotlight was actually placed on these little tiny movies that were made for little money compared to you know the money spent today, um, yeah. So that's that's what I wanted to throw out there.
4: Yes. So do do you think that's why? I mean, I, I'm not again, I'm not the film guy here, but do you think that's why there was such blowback to Forrest Gump, like more or less sweeping the grant the Emmy the whatever, the Oscars that year was that, like, there's so many of these little, great little movies, quote-unquote little movies, and then, you know, this one that was, you know, pretty, pretty much well-produced and obviously starring uh, a, a top-tier actor, uh, you know, takes all the, takes all the awards. that yeah. was this, this was, I mean, again, the Tarantino's debut Pulp Fiction or was Reservoir there anything Dogs. before
0: this? Reservoir like, Dogs. Became, oh, okay. Yeah, it okay, Demolition before. Man, right? Demol- right. <laughs> Sandra
2: <Bullock. laughs> yeah but but Reservoir Dogs came out before but I didn't know about it until I watched Pulp Fiction and wanted to do my research um but I don't know I think we've always had weird issues with the academy especially like the older academy voters and I mean back in in those you know I guess diversity wasn't you know, I mean, it still isn't, but it's. Uh, but it was even worse back then. You know, we didn't have such a a variety of voices represented in the academy. Um, so I, I, I mean, and I, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention to award shows back then. Were you guys?
3: I actually was because I was like, you know, dorky like that. I, I did love sis- like.
2: Like the comedians, like the opening numbers. But I didn't make it a point to watch all the movies or anything like
3: that. Yeah, well, because even back then, they were always big. For the most part, they would always nominate like big blockbusters for the stuff. And (laughs) I was always a big Siskel and Ebert guy. So like every Saturday morning, like watching or Saturday afternoon, watching those reviews to see like what movies were going to get the best reviews and had the best, you know, they would do their Oscar picks. And I'd be like, oh, so these are the ones that are everybody's really in love with. And that was the first time was siskel and ebert when they were like there's a small movie called pulp fiction from this writer that made reservoir dogs and i was like dude i love that movie I- i'd seen it like the year before and i was like oh that i was like dude that movie was in my mind it's ultra violent in reality not that violent well, i guess yeah. <laughs> i guess you don't
2: really see- uh, you don't really see anything
3: yeah you don't see him cut off the dude's ear but no. like it's implied and then yeah, people and getting you see shot, yeah you see people getting shot that kind of stuff but but in you know for the most hey, part you get like blood splatter that's pretty yeah yeah, yeah. like um <laughs> yeah like tim roth gets blasted you see that clearly but everybody else eh, for the most part eh, they're okay <laughs> in my mind they're all okay but those <laughs> like like i haven't seen pulp fiction in days um pulp fiction
0: <laughs> so seen, like years <laughs>
3: <laughs> like Pulp Fiction is my other Back to the Future, which is if it's on, I'm watching it. No matter how many times I've seen that movie, it's not like I've seen different things every time I watch it. But I really am like the whole. I I, I want to see if I remember what lines are coming up. I want to see if I remember what what exactly the next scene is going to be. Like, um, yeah. I, I, there's two posters in my room. If I turn on the lights which I don't want to because it's going to blind me, like I said. But there's two posters in my room, Pulp Fiction posters. Um, Absolutely love the movie. It was one of those – and it was like a big generic thing uh, during our college days when people would be like, oh, what movie poster should we hang up on the wall if we had our own dorm rooms, which we didn't because my parents were poor. And they were like, oh, you know, Pulp Fiction. That has to be the first. Because that was the movie when people at the time were like, if you're going to be a film expert, this is the movie that you – in order for your to be validated, and I had seen it, and I was like, okay, uh, I can, I can, you know, I can join in this discussion. So I always remember, like I discussed before, when we did the the summer blockbusters, Forrest Gump is one of my all time favorite movies, but at the same time, so is Pulp Fiction, movies that came out within months of each other. Another one of my favorite movies of all time, besides Dumb and Dumber, which also came out in ninety four, <laughs> was a, another small indie movie called The Shawshank Redemption. Um. Never Shawshank heard of Redem- it. yeah. So good. Um, you know what's the weird thing is Shawshank Redemption came out in 94. I didn't watch it till 97 and I didn't really, really, really watch it until maybe 2004.
2: Yeah, but as an was, adult for sure. As
3: an adult because it was always number one on the IMDb list. If you go on the IMDb list, it's always close to the top in terms of I think it's like a 9.8 rating. Because people absolutely love that movie. And when I first saw it as like a a young person, I was like, okay, I get it. It's cool. Um, I don't understand why people really are into this movie. As you grow older and you watch that movie back and you understand having your freedom taken away or like you can put yourself into that mindset and having him, you know, suffer for years in order to finally accomplish getting out of that place like that scene where he busts through the pipe and he like, you know, outreaches his arms in final victory that he actually made it out of there without having been murdered, without having to, you know, kowtow to anything that the warden was ever going to put him, uh, hold him accountable for. And just to be free, like that, that it's one of the, the most joyous events in a movie that I can ever, that will ever be put on celluloid. Like, but, in order for you to appreciate that moment, you just have to look back and like watch the journey that, you know, um, Andy Dufresne goes through and it's like him being wrongly accused. It's, it's basically um, uh, like, you know, seeing him being like the time when he's about to be, uh, what do you call it? What's the word I'm looking for? When the other guy has the evidence that says he's not guilty of that. Kind. Yeah the guy then, from the other prison right yeah and then when he gets murdered it's like that killed me and that... in slow motion in slow motion getting shot in the chest and stuff. like and then just his journey throughout the whole thing like red helping him out all that kind of thing it just like that is almost a perfect movie unfortunately though coming out the same year that a perfect movie and an almost perfect movie came out so it's like always going to be tough to say what the best movie of 1994 is will always be for me because there's just like we yeah. just discussed Street Fighter is pretty much
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's up there
3: everybody's
4: <laughs> fighting for second place at this point they're all fighting for that second quarter you know to be a yeah. second player um, quick question did Andy do it no are you sure <laughs> yeah. I'm still on the fence on it, dude. I think I might have to rewatch the movie because I don't know. I think part of me thinks that you don't hang out your 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 wife's uh, jump off's house with a gun on your lap and not do it.
3: But I mean, you uh, just you just happen to be chilling. Like he got wrongly accused. <laughs> like my, like the guys in my cousin' Bandit got wrongly accused. <laughs> Unfortunately, there was no Marissa Tomei for those guys to sell, save them. <laughs> no, you know. They up. didn't. There's no Joe Pesci and Herman Munster. You know,
2: as the judge. As the judge. <laughs>
3: And the karate kid being like, dude, I didn't murder him. So, <laughs> Random cameo, by the way. But anyway. But yeah,
4: okay.
1: Well, you guys say. Yeah, uh,
4: you guys say he didn't do it? I, I'm, gonna, I'm firmly in the camp that, sorry, but Andy totally
1: Harold, real quick, mm. you said the perfect movie. Are you saying that the perfect movie was Pulp Fiction? I believe
3: Pulp Fiction is the perfect movie.
1: Want to know something?
3: Uh, You've never seen it? I've never seen it. I don't think you'd like it.
0: I don't, you don't think you'll like
3: it? You, you think I will. I don't think you'll like it. It's not your style of movie. Um, because from Samuel what L. I know Jackson. of
0: you...
3: <laughs> well, Sam Jackson, you'll appreciate that. <laughs> like, uh, dudes getting shot in the face. Pretty funny. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, like, it's like a dark comedy. Oh, how can you really describe Pulp Fiction?
2: You can't.
3: You can't.
4: Like I don't know, like when because I know I know for a fact that Dennis has seen Tarantino movies. He's seen Kill Bill because I I think we saw it together. Yeah, so but okay, it's, not, some, it's not Kill Bill though.
0: There.
4: Yeah, this, so, yeah, yeah but that's but true. There's there, but it's it's still pretty linear. But yeah, I get what Dennis said, or Harold means
3: that it's not quite the same. But I don't know, dude. I think I think I mean, Dennis I, is pretty. You know, I know he's open-minded, but as much like the way I love it and the way I know pretty much Chris loves it. I don't think Dennis is going to appreciate it in that level. Mainly because we have 20 years of backstory on that movie.
2: Exactly.
3: Yeah. But at this also at the same time there's it's not the linearity problem with the movie. It's um I think it's the subject matter more than anything else. Like hitmen, mob mm-hmm. bosses. Yeah.
2: Cuz who's really likable in that movie?
3: Like, uh oh. <laughs> Um, right, like there's character? like they're all <laughs> no. kind of like the most likable. kid That's a great question. The Gimp.
1: <laughs> is... Sorry.
2: Is he? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
3: just kidding. Um.
2: Right, because I mean, and that's probably one of the reasons why I like it so much. Like, who's who's the good guy?
3: Yeah, there's <laughs> no hero in it. Like, because oh, when I, you I, think I... that the person is a hero, they turn around in the very next uh uh like section of the movie. So it's like we fall in love with these certain people. Not even fall in love. It's like you learn to like these people. Or they're like, or for like even some reason. Like John Travolta is just not likable from the bat. Even though mm-hmm. that first conversation is about cheeseburgers and stuff. Like
0: mm-hmm.
3: everything, else, everything else after that, him automatically going to kill people, being a heroin addict, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You know, trying to cheat on somebody's wife, that kind of stuff.
0: It,
2: it,
3: so it's kind of like clerks. So, yeah. I'm just
2: kidding. <laughs> but with like more murder.
3: Yeah, yeah. With a little bit more murder.
2: Like, in all... Including the alternate ending.
3: Yeah. Like the. <laughs> of course. Like of course oh, that's Clark. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> God damn, yeah Kevin's back. Um, <laughs> the the worst. I think the most probably most likable character would have to be Marcellus
2: Wallace. Yeah, he's just he's... living his life. Yeah, he's just chilling, <laughs> so, doing so his thing. He got a hot <laughs> wife.
3: Throwing people out from uh, you know, second story windows through uh <laughs> greenhouse yeah. glasses. Mm-hmm.
2: So, well yeah. did he rub did he did bad did guy he, rub her his wife's feet? I don't know. Is there a foot massage
3: in You never know. <laughs> Only two people know that. That's between them. See, <laughs> that's the kind of this is also I don't yeah, think yeah. Dennis would like does Dennis likes Qu- Tarantino dialogue too much. it's it's it is very quippy and it's very try to be a little like try to be the smartest in the room kind of deal. So
0: yeah,
1: that's Like a that's Josh,
3: true. Josh Whedon thing? Yes. <laughs> like Whedon got a lot of his dialogue styles from a lot of how Tarantino characters interact with oh, each other. Oh, I see that. Okay. So. A lot of talky bits. Yes. Unnecessary dialogue, like unnecessarily extemporaneous dialogue wow. When you can really just get to the point, kind of deal. But,
2: no, for sure. Yeah.
3: But hilarious along the way, so.
1: Uh, okay. Speaking
4: of uh, hilarious, a Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Dude.
1: Oh no, I was gonna say um, we're we're running a little bit longer than usual. Um, uh, do you have any uh, any final bits before we we end episode? Ooh. Um, it,
4: my final thought is actually gonna be a personal one that was a a bit of a sensation. It's not it's pop, but it's not really you know movies or anything. But uh, I totally forgot that 1994 was when uh, Nancy Kerrigan got need. <laughs> Uh, get knee, she you know, got clubbed in the knee. She got clubbed in the knee, but you know, shout out though, because speaking of my, I, I spoke about my younger cousins during that time. But uh, shout out to Pickwick that year because ice figure skating became huge. Like it's funny because I was just talking to my wife about trends and what like stuff's happening, but that had to have been what happened. Dude? <laughs> Dude, yeah, just like Vichy Pickwick. Like? Yeah, I'm saying, <laughs>
0: good,
4: dude. i am telling you, dude. Like that had to have been the peak of figure skating. Like you know, nobody cared about figure skating until like everybody was talking mm-hmm. about
1: how this. <laughs> uh, there was a oh, skating rink with SMegag SM balls. When, 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 when you did that? What are you talking about? <laughs>
4: Like it took it took this poor woman, uh, you know, be, uh, being a victim of jealousy and professional envy, to to get thrust into the to, to, to the, the limelight and to get her whole sport up there. And speaking of my like, I, I spoke about my cousins already about watching Lion King, but you know, my cousin, my sister back then, who were like little, you know, nine or ten years old back then, they loved it. You know, it, it came news, and like I wanted to, fi- I, I want to sign up for figure skating. So there was a couple weekends. In Burbank, Pickwick, that I was there at their rink because I'm like I'm gonna watch my little cousins jump. Cool, that's about it. But yeah, so to Nancy Kerrigan that made a a, a niche, you know, a sport uh, a, a centerpiece, and now every Winter Olympic, it's like the thing. You know, everybody has a has a dark horse and a favorite in the ice skating, and the and and everybody knows how uh, what what those moves are. Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> that's my lesson for '94.
1: Um, my thing for a, a 1994, um, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't really say it's pop culture, um, but shout out to the Northridge earthquake. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Props to the quake for almost killing all of us. <laughs> no, because uh, Northridge it's earthquake true. Northridge earthquake was the reason why I got into college, bro. <laughs> oh yeah, you have a story remember, for this.
2: I remember Was it your that, entrance essay? <laughs> <laughs> I you
1: know, remember when, I remember back in the day you had there was like this is the GPA you need to have. And this is the SAT score that you needed to have, and you need right. to have this equivalent in order for you to pass CSUN. And then that year, right after the right after the um, Northridge earthquake, there was no there was no chart. It was like, do you want to go to Northridge? Come on in.
0: <laughs> do
1: you have a pulse? Can you read? Do you have a paycheck? I mean, uh, uh, do you have a checkbook? Are so you, you go. saying I did the SATs for nothing? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I had a pretty good score, but I looked at it as like, oh, I didn't even need to bother. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I know there, I know people died. My apologies if you know anybody that did and got injured and all those things. But shout out to the North Insurance Earthquake.
4: Yeah, that was a horrible combo because um, you know I I had the reverse uh, Jim Carrey uh, two years. I came from Pinatubo er- erupting in the Philippines. Came here to the freaking North is earthquake and I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of this.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, at least when you, <laughs> at least were you still living in Burbank at the time? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so Burbank so not quite slightly don't talk
2: don't talk to me.
3: Yeah. Slightly further than the people who live <laughs> yeah, in Northridge, right, Ridge, right <laughs> next to Northridge. You know. North when Ridge. they say when they said where's the epicenter? I go, Oh, I can see it from my house.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: It Chris's home. It's
2: it's no joke. Yeah, it was insane. I remember that day, and I think it just it came to my memory again because of the recent earthquakes we had. Oh God! And, and
0: yeah.
2: So I remember. I think uh, I remember that Northridge earthquake so vividly. Just waking up with the whole house shaking. I mm-hmm. thought, I thought it was a war. I thought I, it was insane. It was so loud. The house was shaking. It was so loud, and um, I remember going outside, like making it my way outside of the house to uh, the the front yard of my parents' house. And it was dead silent. It was so weird. Like once it's the the once it stopped shaking, it, it, the whole town the whole the whole town was just quiet, and I could hear like crickets. It was such a weird a weird morning, but it was scary.
3: I don't know how my sister slept through it.
2: She did? What? <laughs> what? Yeah.
3: She was literally like, why are you guys all standing in the doorways? Which we learn now is not good. Not good. But then eventually <laughs> I learned uh, the safest place for us was under the dinner table. Because we had like one of those giant dinner tables. And since there was aftershocks for the next two weeks and stuff, I uh, made like camp under the dinner table. Because I didn't want to you know, have <laughs> stuff fall on me. Especially the second floor. I didn't want the second floor to fall on me because that was my nightmare. Um,
1: I I still remember uh, when it happened. um, I was, uh, of course, still in bed. I started hearing the the noise and then the rumble. And it just so happened that right next to my bed, I had a big bookcase. And so as it was going, this bookcase fell on me. Oh, my gosh. All the books on me. And I remember going, oh, crap, what am I supposed to do? And it, it kind of like you. The first thing I did was I got out. I, I was searching for my brother and my my mom. We stood underneath the um, the doorway. The, the doorway. And I think it, I the one thing I remember, aside from it really being long and like uh, you know um, strong, eh, um, was that <laughs> it, it 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 took a while because after you know after getting up and after standing, there, I was still going. Is it still going? Is it still going? And, it, I, I you know, um, I know it's not the same magnitude and everything, but ever since then, I haven't had that, you know, w- even the last earth- earthquake that we did, it was, a, you know, it went on, but not for, like, more than, like, you know, 20 seconds or something like that. So, uh, yeah, so yeah. still memorable for me, 1994.
4: I can just imagine Dennis being, like, crushed by his books, going, I trusted you!
1: <laughs> <laughs> you betrayed me, literature. <laughs> you were
4: supposed to be my friends! No!
3: <laughs> Sorry, this is kidding. the ultimate irony. You can't <laughs> really escape.
0: And now you stop. are my trap.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know I cannot escape you.
4: <laughs> oh, but I'm glad you made it out, dude. like <laughs>
1: <See? laughs> Harold, courage!
2: one last one? Okay, I'll go first because it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if it's interesting to you guys, but I found it interesting, like learning about um, doing the research about 1994. I saw this um, Supreme Court ruling. Um, so the Supreme Court case was Campbell versus Acuff Rose Music. And Campbell was Luther Campbell of Two Live oh, Crew. Cool. Dude. What? So, so two live crew did a song um, called pretty woman and it sounded exactly like Roy Orbison's Oh, pretty woman. So the people, I think it was Roy Orbison's band sued Luther Campbell and the rest of two live crew for, um, for, you know, copyright. So, Uh, In 1994, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Luther Campbell and uh, the rest of 2 Live Crew. So they actually won that case. And they determined that um, the song that 2 Live Crew did was a parody and subject to the fair use laws. So they could use it fairly without asking permission from Roy Orbison's camp. So that I thought that was interesting.
3: That's hilarious. Yeah, right? I, remember, I remember like that being one of those MTV news things that was just like like oh, Two Left Crew one of the greatest bands of all time. Yes, yes, Doodoo Brown. Classic. Classic
4: lyrics. Like, um, you know, we, ha- we have Beatles yesterday and Doo Brown. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but like, um, forbidden music in my house at the time because that was one of the ones <laughs> that was one of the things that you know we were allowed to listen to lo- sure yeah.
0: we we're allowed
3: Black to listen music? to a lot of things in my house no dude like we Sorry. could listen to all the hip-hop we wanted but two life crew was the one thing just because their first you know
2: so, yeah and that was yeah. everywhere and that's why we have explicit you know stickers on everything yeah,
3: just for them Mm -hmm. because they started it so
0: like so
2: so, like they set a precedent in more ways than one and it's it it, it, and being you know being 15 back then like I wasn't really paying attention and and I didn't really realize how important that was until researching for tonight's little show here
3: (laughs) I I love that fact also also Luke Campbell the first man to wear the uh, American flag bandana and make it cool so, you know, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> thank you, Luke. Yeah, You're the man. You, good, good, Luke. good, good pull courage. Cause now I'm
4: looking at the, uh, I'm looking at the uh, Supreme court at the time. So Sandra Day O'Connor and uh, mm-hmm. Ruth Bader Ginsburg are like, yeah, we're with, we're, we're with two lab crew.
2: <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Like, that's crazy. So everyone sure. registered to vote. Yeah. It's important.
3: <laughs> yeah. it's important. I'm sure Clarence Hill was like, Clarence Hill was the one that was like, yeah, this is okay. (laughs) I'm down with this. (laughs) He's a big two-life crew fan from from all the stories I heard about that guy.
0: Uh,
2: He,
3: too, too gets horny. (laughs) Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: (laughs) Don't stop. Pop that.
2: (laughs) I already regret this little tidbit of history. uh,
3: Real quick story before I go into my last thing. Uh, When I was in the Philippines after I graduated from high school, the – person that was driving me around was my friend's cousin. He only had one album. The album was called Luther Campbell's Greatest Hits. Um, (laughs) So it wasn't just Luke Campbell songs. It was also Poison Clan. Um, I forgot the other name of the group, but it was all Miami based stuff. And we were driving in a minivan with me, who was the eldest at 17. So there's children in the car with me. With the windows like rolled all the way up because it's air conditioning,
0: and
3: this is all Luke, and this is the best, <laughs> and this <and laughs> is the greatest. One. And as soon as I got back to America, I, I was like, "Does any of you album, any of you music stores have this album? It's called Luke Campbell's Greatest Hits." <laughs> Three months later, I found it. Um, I think I still have it to this day, but I have a playlist of literally all those kind of songs.
2: Just oh my me. gosh.
3: So if you learn anything <laughs> from me today, I got this of random ass music. So, and it's called ass music too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll, I'll end uh, 1994 on, I guess I downer sort of, just because we, we, uh, Chris brought it up earlier, but at the same time, something that has very personally like affected me ever since then. Um, 1994 was the year that Kurt Cobain committed suicide. Uh committed suicide as far as we know i don't want to be the conspiracy theorist who says otherwise because that's the story we go with dude was such a big fan of nirvana um i remember at my cousin's wedding uh my other cousin was like i got this album that just came out i want you guys to hear it real quick actually i just want to hear want you to hear this first song it's called smells like teen spirit and i was like dude this is this is the jam this is like one of the best songs i've ever heard in my life and uh, that whole album, like Nevermind, is still like front to back, still an awesome thing. So is In Utero. In Utero is very underrated, but still just not just not as good as Nevermind is, but almost on the same level. And then you know the pressures of being a superstar finally get to him. He had always complained about that too, or like his drug use and everything, and he was like. I don't think I can do this much longer. And then he ends up, when he ended up doing it, I remember it was the same cousin who introduced me into his music who told me about it. And he had said, um, tomorrow, I want you to go to 7 and I want you to buy the newspaper. And I want you to keep that newspaper. I still have the newspaper. The newspaper you that do? Says, That's cool. Yeah, I have the front, the front of the LA Times that says, uh, lead singer Nirvana Kerkobain commits suicide. Like, I, somewhere in my collection here, never going to get rid of it. And then the crazy thing is a few months later, Nirvana Unplugged comes out. Like the album comes out and it's, yeah, it is collection of their best hits. It is also a lot of covers, but it is like the best live album that's ever been created. It will never be top because of this heart and soul that Kurt Cobain put into every song that he performed. I have that on DVD because I watch it all the time. When I'm bored at work, I will watch like, there's a playlist of, of um unplugged in New York. And when it first came out at the Sam Goody right next to our school, I was like, dude, gotta get it. And people like even my friends were like, You shouldn't get it because you know it's gonna remind you of the fact that the guy killed himself. I was like, no, it is because of the fact that it's gonna remind me of him. And it's gonna remind me of who the guy really was and what he brought to this world. And forever like the thing I loved about it or him in general is If you look at his, their rock and roll fame induction ceremony, the only people that were ever able to cover any of his songs were all female singers. The only reason in that is because no one can put that kind of high tone strength into those songs besides a woman. Because no man has that tone that Kurt Cobain will ever hold. That's either a compliment to him or it's a could be some kind of negative towards him. But the fact of the matter is that no guy would ever sound appropriate singing any of his songs besides him. So one of the greatest artists of all time, unfortunately, one of the first, not one of the first, but one of the uh, uh, biggest members of the Club 27 only lived 27 years, man. It's like weird that the age that I just turned means that I'm over a decade past. I lived a decade longer than he ever lived on this earth. And sure, I appreciate yeah. Everything that he ever, you know, put towards us, his music will always be, um, uh, you know, big part of my life, and I rem- I'll always remember that day when I found out about it. It still breaks my heart to ever think about it, but at the same time, yeah, what little he had little time he had on this earth he was able to produce some of the greatest things that i'll ever listen to and will forever be part of any kind of playlist whether it be a boysenman playlist or like a luther campbell playlist Mm -hmm. i do have a specific nirvana playlist and he's in all of my favorites so like i have a rock favorite i have a herald's favorite list it's always going to be in there a lot of nirvana songs are so yeah 1994 last year that we ever had to have with kurt cobian on this earth yeah that was a
4: tough event um, you know like i said wasn 't too acquainted with all the pop uh, pop culture. when that happened, um, my middle school actually offered counseling for students who needed it, so obviously it was a big deal for, for 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 the country at the time and for people our age at that time too, so you know it was tragic um, you know i, I didn 't discover nirvana 's music until after the fact. Uh, but you know, in retrospect, I mean, that's the beauty of of, of art, I guess, and and, and music. You know, it, it lives on after after you pass, and that's uh, you know, Kurt le- leaves a, a great legacy uh, for people to look back at.
2: Yeah, I remember, I remember that day, and I remember watching MTV, and they covered it, and they showed Courtney Love read his suicide note.
0: Yep, that's like tough. in a, there
2: was a candlelight vigil in Seattle and i remember i i can still hear the the tone of her voice as she read it and she was just congested and just you can tell that she's just been crying all day and i, I it, it it was such a sad time and i think for for us for our generation that was that death was probably the one for me i guess i should just speak for myself was the one that really hit me because you know prior generations they had you know richie valens they had big bopper they had or, even though they didn't commit suicide but they had tragic deaths um and i think that kurt cobain's death was was the one for me that hit me the hardest
3: yeah he was the he his death is the john lennon death for a lot of people
2: for yeah, yeah. for sure
3: and what I remember specifically is, so there's a museum in Seattle called the experience music project. And it is, uh, shaped in the eardrum of Jimi Hendrix. And I was like, dude, I want to go to this because you know, love music and all that kind of stuff. I, could, I stayed in the Beatles and Nirvana section for three hours because those are my two, those are my two iconic bands. I mean, that have instruments. Otherwise, you know, Voice to Men and All For One would be there as well. But, like, and, and the two like, live crew, the two live exactly. crew wing, the wing of that museum. Like we're going to, let, I'm going to make a playlist for the artists and music that we mentioned today, guys. Yeah, I'll let's put, do we'll put, that, we'll put that up on our two fanboys and the Filthy Casual playlist on Spotify. Um, anybody else who wants to add music from 1994 as well, feel free to add some of those. But I mean, the fact that all these great songs, all these great movies, and all these great, crazy, not even just great events, but like life-changing events happened in 1994. So uh, we remember a great year. We appreciate yeah. everything that we've all learned from that year. And we take with us the memories that we took from that year, and we apply into pretty much how our everyday lives are running out.
1: Well, that's a poignant way of ending our day today. So, thank you for everybody. Thank you guys for sharing your uh, stories and experiences. And thank you for our listeners. For spending the time to uh you know just listen to us as usual, if you have uh you know any comments or any complaints or anything that you want to say um regarding what we believe was a great um you know it was a great year, please make sure to contact us um through our social media um you know me I always talk about the uh, the website it's the two fanboys one casualpodbeancom one the the two fanboys one casual dot dot com and the other thing that we have is of course. On Facebook, you can find us, Two
4: Fanboys and a Filthy Casual. Uh, every time the podcast goes live, we'll be posting it there. Uh, not to mention our pretty active and fun uh, Two Fanboys and a Filthy Casual group. Um, we've got a bunch of like-minded uh, nerds, geeks, uh, folks of every uh, uh, direction in life. Uh, anytime there's fun news out there, updates, trailers, uh, we, we post it and we talk out there. So uh, look for us, join us. Uh, join it, and we'll gladly add you on.
3: And then on Twitter and Instagram at two fanboys, one casual and as usual, anywhere you can find your favorite podcast. We are
1: probably there. And Krija, anything you want to shout out to anybody that might be listening?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Hello. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, Yeah. You can, I guess, uh, find me on Instagram at Krija.Chloe. I'm also very vocal sometimes when I feel like it on the two (laughs) fanboys Facebook page. You can just you just find me there too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's it for us today. Hopefully you guys enjoyed yourself. Um, you know, this is Dennis. This is Lewis. This is Harold. Of course, our special guest. It's me, Krija. Have a good week. See you guys next week. Two fanboys, <laughs> just casual out of
3: Um, so uh, true Lies lights came out in nineteen
2: ninety four. True Oh, I forgot about that. Oh man. That's Dennis'
3: movie. Oh, I thought we were going to we
4: end with uh, with Dennis singing "Now and Forever," which also came out that year.